Welcome to Insurance Claims Innovation. I am Chris Tidball, Executive Claims Consultant with Second Look, where we routinely find our insurance clients millions of dollars. On our podcast, we showcase others in the insurance claims arena who are using cutting-edge technology to gain a competitive advantage. We believe that all of our guests have a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around to the end of the show and we will reveal how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. Welcome to Insurance Claims Innovation. Today we have Dave Schmiel, Head of Claims for Hub International. Welcome, Dave. Hey, good morning, Chris. It's, a, it's an honor to be here. How are you? Great. Great to have you here. So, so let's get started with, you know, kind of your history. I mean, I think everybody in claims has an interesting history. How did we get there? T- tell us a little bit about your journey. Sure, sure. So I uh, graduated from a Division three college uh, with a business degree and economic minor and, you know, wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. And we had, a, my parents had an apartment in Chicago that they were um, renting out and one of the gentlemen was a field adjuster for Liberty Mutual. And they knew I loved people. I loved talking to people. And he said, you know, why don't you get your feet wet in insurance? Everybody needs insurance. It's never going away. And he said, you like people. So a field adjuster is a good way to, you're constantly on the road, you're meeting people and you're learning multi lines of insurance. Because back then, when you got into the insurance world, they taught you every line of insurance. And Liberty right. was, was a great training ground for that. It was six weeks. It was like going back to college. I went to Pittsburgh. It was a lot of fun. So um, that's how I got involved. My mom said, hey, there's a uh, there's an opening for a field adjuster in Chicago. Why don't you apply? And I immediately got it. So it was great, a great proving ground. And uh, it's sort of like the movie, I believe it was from uh, The Godfather. Once you're in, you can't get out. So <laughs> very, very true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so you spent some time at Liberty and then kind of moved on to... Right. You know, how did you end up at Hub? So I spent 10 years at Liberty, Wausau, you know, it was a combination of both. Uh, for those who are old enough to remember Wausau Insurance, which actually was a great company as well. I still have lifelong friends there. And I handled uh, quite a bit of multi-line accounts, including UPS, which I think was a great proving ground for me. Um, very taught you to be de- very detail-oriented as well as dealing with multiple personalities. You know, UPS was their largest client at the time. And I handled about three hubs. And, you know, it was constant movement, constant challenges, uh, dealing with unions, a lot of litigation, and, you know, uh, supervisors who demanded the best of their employees and demanded the best of liberty, quite frankly. So it was a, you know, it was a great challenging account to sort of give me a background on how to deal with people. And I think, and I'll touch on it later, but especially in the brokerage side for claims, I think there's a lot of great people out there who are technically sound from a claim standpoint. But when you get into the brokerage world, you really need to understand how to relate to people, the empathy factor, you know, because we're delivering bad news all day long, quite frankly, as in the claims world often, right? Whether it's a disaster or a claim that needs to get paid. And um, so, uh, about 10 years in, I said, you know, I really like the people aspect of the business. And unless I went into pure sales, um, I really wasn't going to stay in the carrier world. So I started seeking a brokerage opportunity and found a, um, a mid-sized broker out of Chicago called Tillman Filippini. And I was given a hybrid role. It was pseudo production, pseudo running our sports division. We wrote 
just about every minor league for, um, franchise out there from United Hockey League to arena football and truly understanding the front end of a sale of how important claims and, and loss control is. And it gave me the background to where I am today at Hub. Um, you know, most claims people stay on the technical side, but I was on the front end of the sale and then managed that relationship with the producer because when there was a disaster, the first person they called was me because there was a relationship from day one. So I uh, got to meet some really neat people along the way, including John Elway and Bon Jovi, who are owners of teams. Nice. And, you know, it's really, you know, it's, it's surreal to sit down with somebody that famous and just talk about workers' compensation, right? And, <laughs> right. Um, you know, managing, I say this all the time in the brokerage world, you know, managing a senior housing or real estate claim is very different than managing sports. Right. So we always found a way, and we still do that today at Hub, when you're managing a, a certain industry vertical, what's important to that industry? What's important to the people that do the jobs? And how can we mitigate those losses? And there are a lot, you know, there are a lot of different ways to do that. So that individual brokerage went through two acquisitions. We were acquired by HRH, then we were acquired by Willis Towers Watson. So I was there 12 years collectively. And 10 years ago this November, I reached out to a former colleague and said, you know, I'm looking for a challenge. I'm looking to grow personally. And uh, we, I had gone through putting together a couple claim practices on the regional end. So I reached out to a former colleague and said, what's going on at Hub? You know, and Hub back then, 10 years ago, was one of the fastest growing companies, making several acquisitions a year. And claims was really an important part of the process, both on the M&A side as well as claims management. So I came in in a regional role. And I, for eight years, I managed the central and west regions in terms of trying to figure out what we had collectively, putting together resources, aligning them with lines of coverage, with industry verticals. And two years ago, Hub went through a pretty extensive search to put together a national practice leader. And uh, I was chosen um, not only because of my experience with the Hub world per se, but I had gone through it a couple of times with previous brokers and understanding the sales aspect as well as claims management relating to people. And it's, you know, moving the hub was the best career move I've ever made. It is a, um, it's a very entrepreneurial firm that makes about 60 to 80 acquisitions a year. And they truly understand the value of claims management and what, how important it is. Because why do you buy insurance, Chris, in case there's a claim, right? right? Exactly. So, you know, that's how I came to hub. And, you know, as you know, I have two young kids and I see myself here another 15 years at least. So um, very excited to be here. And our growth is tremendous to the point that we're number five in the world now. That's that's awesome. I mean, I think, you know, what, what you see, you, you bring up important things about, you know, claims management. And I think there's there's kind of, you know, kind of two sides to that. It's like when you look at adjusters, right, you know, what do you what do you think or what do you see as being the biggest challenges to adjusters today? So I think I mentioned earlier, when we were first trained as an adjuster, we were trained in multi-lines. Right. And in 2022, most adjusters are, are segmented and personalized in certain lines of insurance only. You know, they get trained to be a work comp specialist or they get trained to be a cyber or a professional liability. And I think the challenge is finding enough people, because as you know, especially since COVID, finding the expertise 
there's a, there's a little bit of a shortage of adjusters right now. Um, yeah. You know, COVID claims came out of nowhere. And I know that several TPAs and carriers actually had to hire um, part-time staff to handle the claims influx. And um, so I think the challenge is twofold. One, they're sort of segmented instead of understanding multi-lines. And number two, there's not enough of them, quite frankly. You know, there's a lot of people that have multi-line experience, but they moved on to senior leadership roles or they're retiring. Right. So the younger group, uh, the millennial group, if you will, um, is still learning and they're still either in one or two lines of coverage. So I think that's a big challenge moving forward that the elder generation needs to, to educate on that multi-line piece and how they've dealt with disaster claims and, and multiple carriers and TPAs along the way. There's a lot of things that could be handed down uh, that, that the younger generation could learn from. Oh, absolutely. I, I think they say that, that, you know, when you look at percentages of different careers that are retiring or approaching retirement age, claims adjusters are right there at the top. They have one of the oldest average, um, you know, or median ages of any profession out there. So that brings up, you know, another question. I mean, you have these insurance executives that have to solve for the problems. This is one of the many problems they face. What do you think the two or three things are, you know, really keeping insurance executives up at night these days? I think uh, if we learned anything from COVID, it's the what if factor. What right. is the next big thing? There are tons, if you, if you look at the insurance industry today, with the amount of claims that were filed for COVID-19 from a business interruption standpoint, if we paid everyone, the insurance industry would not exist anymore. There's right. about three times as many claims as there is coverage in place today. So I think the next, the, the insurance people are worrying about, about a couple of things. One, will there ever be a way to cover communicable diseases like COVID-19? Because as you know, nobody wants to write that today. Uh, number two, you know, there, there were more natural disasters than ever last year. And we, 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 are, we are anticipating it being surpassed this year uh, from that angle. And the next big insurance event, if you will, um, we, you know, we've had COVID, we've had civil unrest. We're all anticipating some kind of major cyber breach, quite frankly. I think that's on the back of our minds a little bit with yeah. what's going on with the war overseas. And so brokers and carriers are investing in professional lines expertise, if you will, when it comes to cyber and professional liability. So I think that what, quite frankly, it's sort of a multi answer there. And with number one being that what if factor, what's the next big thing. And I know from a brokerage standpoint at hub, we are, you know, if, when you partner with hub, you're not coming to hub for, as a transactional broker. We are truly a consultative brokerage firm. So, you know, market's important and price is important, but at the end of the day, how can we help you grow and how can, as a client, and how can we help you prepare? And I think that not only from an insurance executive side, but our clients, they're constantly looking for us to say, you're sort of our pseudo risk manager, even though we may have one already, please help us tell me what I don't know. I've had several risk managers from large companies, one of which is based out in uh, Nashville that I work with quite a bit and one of our largest clients and the senior risk manager said, please tell me what I don't know. What am I not prepared for? And, right. you know, you heard the old adage, what keeps me up at night? 
unfortunately, I think there's a lot of things that are keeping people up at night. So it's our job to sort of find a gap, if you will, or find ways in which we can improve, both from everything from workers' compensation to cyber. But cyber is sort of the hot topic right now in the insurance right. world, right? But yeah. at, the end the, at the end of the day, that's just one segment. It's managing that total cost of risk. And that's what we're focused on. No, that, that's great. I mean, I, and I, I think you hit on some really, really good topics that we could probably spend, you know, hours talking about. Now, in the past, you know, we, we've talked, I've heard you talk about user buyers and economic buyers. Can you elaborate on, on, on both and, you know, how do they make their decisions and, and you know, how does Hub fit in to, to, you know, help them along? Sure. I learned early on in my brokerage career that um, when you first partner with an account, you need to understand their culture. You know, whether it's a healthcare, a hospital, manufacturer, they may have competitors that we've worked with in the past, but to manage their risk, you need to understand who they are, both corporately and in the field. How do they manage claims? How do they report them? How do they communicate daily and on a monthly basis? You may have one location in Green Bay that has tons of claims, but their New York operation is doing really well. Why is that? So we need to identify that. So what myself as a claim consultant piece, as you know, I have a hybrid role from production as well as claims. But when I do a claims review, usually I'm working with the user buyer, the day-to-day -day person that our certificates of insurance people work with, that I work with, that loss control folks work, work with. Um, and it could be a daily if, if there's a ton of claims, but the economic buyer at time of renewal, the person that makes the decision on premium, that makes decisions if they're on a deductible program that says, yes, I will pay that $300,000 claim. It's our job as consultants to keep that economic buyer in the loop as to what's going on. The user buyer is probably doing three jobs at once. It could be an HR person who's worried about hiring people and payroll. I know I have to manage claims as well. So we're funneling them information, but we're always CCing that economic buyer. Who's the ultimate decision maker? It's the same thing when we prospect an accountant and, and find out if we could partner with someone. Who's the ultimate decision maker? So they understand what we can do for them. Interesting. That, may, that makes a lot of sense. So, so you have, you know, Hub in, as a company has a very interesting business model. You know, how do you differentiate yourself in the marketplace from other brokers? Sure. So, um, you know, I mentioned earlier in our conversation that if you're looking for a transactional broker, Hub's really not your partner. I mean, obviously, market is important and we will find you the right price. But at the end of the day, we're about partnering. Uh, when we sit down with folks, First and foremost, how can we help you grow? Because I firmly believe that the insurance side of the business can help people grow. For example, if you're on a self-funded program, a retro program, it's a large deductible, they had, they've had to put up a letter of credit, a captive, and there's a ton of letter uh, monetary funds out there already. Well, what's the best way to reduce letter of credit? Close claims, reduce reserves. So from the onset, my role is to help that client grow by getting these claims closed out so they can take that money that's in collateral and utilize it for something else. It's also um, my, my job to sort of give an analogy. If you create, uh, I'll use the sports example. As you know, I work with several sports leagues. 
So if there's a mismanaged claim, if an ACL should have cost 100,000, but it really costs 200 because it's mismanaged, how many tickets do you have to sell to make up that 100,000? And it really resonates with these folks. So from our end, it's the combination of our loss control team integrated fully with our claims team so that from a pre-loss standpoint, we identify through analytics where your gaps are, where their claims are headed, whether it has to do with demographics or age or the type of work they do and how can we prevent that from happening. And then there's the post-loss, obviously. Let us help navigate that claim from start to finish. And if you have a ton of legacy files, let's put our claim closure team in place and close those out so we can lower your experience mod, lower your letter of credit. So I think the differentiator is when you have 80 loss control professionals and 230 claim professionals who have expertise in every line of coverage, as well as every industry that we work in, whether it be construction, real estate, transportation, we've identified who our experts are. So that when that $3 million property loss comes through, we have people not only that understand how to manage that claim, but we can leverage years of relationships with carriers and TPAs. How many times have you heard a client say, I've had a property claim for six months. I've had one payment and it's going nowhere. I can't get a response. And what will it take to wrap it up? And we have several stories. I have one around the holidays where a TPA um, was going through an influx of adjusters. I leveraged the senior relationship I had for 20 years and a client received a $5 million check four days before Christmas. That That's doesn't awesome. happen. Yes, that does not happen if you don't have senior relationships and leveraging in, in a national claims practice. So, you know, you ask me what's a differentiator, I could probably spend three hours on that as well. But if you if you get anything about what Hub does, it's a true consultative approach, both from loss control, claims, organizational resilience, whatever the topic is, we have expertise to partner with them. We're not going in to say, Let's change the world. It's let's find out what's working. Right. Here are some things that we've done with similar clients. And then let's collaborate and move forward as opposed to here's a new playbook. Now run with it. It doesn't right. work. Right. Yeah. That, that's never going to be successful. It sounds like you guys are onto something really good here. So, so you've spent a lot of years in claims. And what I, what I love about claims people is they have just tons of stories. Um, you, do you have any any really kind of funny stories from over the years? There is one funny story um, that I always tell, quite frankly. And it's my early days in handling indoor football. I had a um, running back who was in tremendous shape out of Colorado. And he had a herniated disc. And he did. The MRI illustrated that. And he was in his late 20s. And he was telling the adjuster that, and there was state fund at the time. So I think we had three adjusters on the, on the case through the lifetime of the claim. And he said, I can't get out of bed. He said, my wife has to literally pull me out of bed so I can get going for the day. So please continue my benefits. I'm going to need surgery. This was going on for like eight months. So the season had ended. I get a call from the head coach that says, Several players are saying that this gentleman is dogging it. He is, this is not a legit claim that he's really trying to make it into wrestling in the world wrestling federation. 
And I said, you're joking, right? And he said, no. He said, here's his, at the time it was MySpace. That's how long ago this was, MySpace and uh, Facebook page. And he said, uh, check it out. So we did, you know, we hired investigators. And, you know, when we started back in the day, surveillance was sitting in the bushes with a camera and, and hoping something happened. Right. And in today's world, even back then, it was social media. People who are on have benefits coming to them sometimes aren't very bright. So he had a cousin who was his manager. And of course, he was promoting him and he was tagging him in posts. He wasn't doing it, but someone else was. So he tagged him that he was going to California and he was trying out for the WWF at the time. So, of course, we sent our team down there and we got pictures of him flipping in the air. You know, trying to become the next ultimate warrior. And by God, he did not look injured to me at all. For us. <laughs> so, you know, he uh, we called the authorities and uh, he had another gig in Buffalo. So he flew across the country. Now, if you have a bad back. Right. That's a tough ask to begin with. But you're flipping around at some gymnasium trying to prove to Vince McMahon that you can be the next Hulk Hogan. Obviously, you're OK. So right. he came off the plane and the, the, the federal authorities handcuffed him at the point for workers' compensation fraud. And the claim was ultimately uh, settled and closed for a minimal amount. And I think the employer actually dropped the charges. But it's, to me, it's my biz, biggest success story. And um, actually, there's one quick other one, if I have two seconds. When I was handling UPS, it was a local guy. And we settled a large claim with him because he said he couldn't walk anymore. And, you know, obviously you see these people back in the day when you see pictures of what they look like when you do surveillance. He settles a very large claim. And then I remember going with uh, my girlfriend at the time to a restaurant. And who do I see dancing on the floor is that claimant. So <laughs> it's like, you know, what did he have a good day? But, um, you know, the football story by far is the, the wildest I've ever seen. You know, that that saved the half million dollar claim. That's actually that's that's a good one. I, I may uh, I may reach out to you have a, to have a further discussion on that for um, a, a screenplay I'm working on. I think it would be an excellent episode. <laughs> OK. Um, yeah. So so in, insurance, you know, in particular claims, it continues to evolve. Um, you know, where do you think we're going to be in five to ten years? So I think, first of all, um, analytics and uh, accessibility through electronics, mobile apps and so forth are, go are going to be paramount. Uh, you saw at RIMS that everybody had a QR code to get somebody's uh, um, business card. And, right. um, you know, with, what carriers are already doing this, you know, whether you have an um, accident. And I know during COVID, if you wanted to get your car repaired, you were actually taking pictures downloading it and you weren't even meeting with the field adjusters anymore. So I think from everything is time, you know, I, I'd say both in the US and Canada, time is valuable for folks now, those who have families. And this is the one part of COVID I, I think I really like, you know, there's only a couple things that are really good that has come out of COVID, one of which is the heightened awareness of what claims teams can do for us, quite frankly, as well as you know, family is so important and your personal time and your personal wellness, if you will. And you can't spend all your time both with work and with things like, oh, it took me two hours to download a claim. So I think the in, in the next five years, it's the accessibility of information to yep. 
prevent things from happening in the future. It's the accessibility to file claims and to process them and the ease of which for a customer, you know, how, fr how frustrating it is when you order something and you're on hold for an hour with your right. cable company. I hate to bash on cable companies, but you know, <laughs> it's the same thing, right? So I think honestly, in five years, that's what you will see, the ease at which information is given to folks. And the one area that I'm really excited about that RIMS and post-COVID is clients, although we can really work in a virtual world, there's still nothing replaces in-person relationships. Right. And I don't think it will ever change. You know, we'll never be on the road 80% anymore, but there's still that element of, hey, let's grab lunch and talk about your families and nurture that relationship. So right. I think that's hugely important. It is. It is. And so I think that's where we'll be in five years. It's all about technology, quite frankly. I think that's where we'll be. And but at the same token, it's not going to replace the human element. Right. And that's one thing I really wanted to touch on before we end the interview today is the human element of claims management is so important. At the end of the day, if you have a technically sound 30-year person, a cyber expert, what have you, that's great. You can do all the white papers you want. But at the end of the day, it's how you relate to a client and relay that message and empathize with them and explain detailing all the ways you went to try to go to bat for them to get a claim covered and to prevent it from happening in the future. To me, that's the biggest advantage of working with Hub is we have people that understand that human element. And there's a lot of good carriers and TPAs out there too that truly understand it. So I think that's evolved over 20 years. It really wasn't a, a focus 20 years ago, in my opinion, like it is today. Right. I couldn't agree more. Excellent points. So so thank you, Dave. This has been very informative. Um, it was a pleasure to have you on the show. And if the listeners would like to be a guest on Insurance Claims Innovation, head on over to our website, secondlook.net, and click on the podcast button. Thank you very much, Chris. It was a true pleasure. Have a wonderful week. Yep, you too. Thank you for listening to Insurance Claims Innovation. Are you interested in being a guest on our show? We would love to have you. Visit us at go.secondlook.net slash podcast dash guest. Please share Insurance Claims Innovation with others on social media and provide rave reviews about our guests. The goal of Insurance Claims Innovation is to showcase others in the insurance claims arena who are using cutting-edge technology to gain a competitive advantage. Follow us at Insurance Claims Innovation and subscribe to our podcast. You can also follow us on LinkedIn at Second Look Inc. Interested in learning more? Stop by our website at www.secondlook.net. Again, thank you for joining us today. My name is Chris Tidball, and I hope you found this to be time well spent.